You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica, and today Riley and I are sitting down with Eva Bloom. Eva Bloom is a queer sex educator and sex research nerd. Eva aims to break down the rigid scripts around sexuality and affirm marginalized individuals to build their most authentic sex lives, feel at home in their identities, and have confidence in navigating their sexual health. Their approach centers on queer and trans young people and aims to promote evidence-based education, sex positivity, radical body positivity, and sexual health as a human right. Eva has worked with institutions across Canada, such as the University of British Columbia, Women's College Hospital, McMaster's University, and University of Toronto. She has also worked with leading brands within the sexuality industry, such as We Vibe and Come As You Are. Not to mention, she's written publications such as Teen Vogue and Greatest, hosts a sex ed YouTube channel called What's My Body Doing with over 2 million views, and is currently in the process of making a documentary which focuses on the intersection of technology and sexuality in young Canadian women's lives. This episode is spectacular. You guys are going to love it. So here we go. Okay, so we have got a lot to unpack this episode. To start, your website states, in quotes, clear, inclusive sex ed and sex nerdery. Nerdery. That sounded odd. <laughs> Can you give us a brief overview of what that means? Yeah. Um, so I kind of started my journey in the sexuality world from an academic perspective. Uh, so I was doing a bunch of kind of research in my undergrad about human sexuality courses. Um, I did my master's thesis on sexting. Um, so sex research has always been like very close to my heart. Um, and a big part of like the work that I do is trying to bring that sex research to the people. Um, because there's, I feel like there's a wealth of knowledge. So I like to nerd out about it. I like to encourage people to explore their nerdery and then, uh, course I am a queer person so a lot of the work that I do is inspired kind of by my own experiences and to help other queer people yeah love that uh so Danica noted in your intro that your pronouns are she and they can you explain a little Mm -hmm. bit to the listeners about how that works um or how to use them correctly yeah um so kind of the the blanket how do you she, they pronouns basically means that you can refer to someone who uses them as she, her, they, or them. That means that you can use kind of all she, her pronouns, all they, them pronouns, or do a a mix of them both. Um, and kind of per the individual, people might have preferences of kind of how they like to be referred to, whether they prefer she or they, or if they like a combination, um, yeah, that's basically that's basically how it is. For me personally, I love a, a mix of both. That's what feels the best for me. Yeah. Yeah, we remember seeing on your Instagram too about um, like don't forget the they or don't forget the them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think like especially maybe older generations, like it's very common for people to stick with like she, he. Um, and mm. even for myself when I was writing up the intro – I referred to mm-hmm. in more like the in quotes like feminine pronouns of like she and her, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Riley was like, "Wait, add some thems in." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. right." <laughs> Take out her, throw in a them, yeah, sprinkling a them. The the combination is definitely not something that um, 
I think I have come across much, especially when talking about someone. Uh, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's interesting to know that, yeah, they preferences or you can do a little bit of a mix or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I honestly hadn't really thought about it before, about um, like also making sure to include like all the pronouns. Yeah, because I think too, like, yeah, like you're saying, there are some people who might be less comfortable using like the they, but the they is there for a reason the person likes to be referred to <laughs> uh, with it. So, yeah, sprinkling in there can help people kind of feel really affirmed and seen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something to note for sure. So were <laughs> you always this open and comfortable exploring and discussing sexuality? Um, or was it something that was encouraged in your childhood? Or did it get fostered by your parents? Or did you kind of develop that earlier or later on in your life? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a very loaded question. There's, um, there's a lot of questions in that question. <laughs> I love it. Um, was I always as open about sexuality? I think I've always been... Okay, how do I put this? Um, I'm an incredibly nerdy person, as I've already explained in the, in the 10 minutes or whatever, not even that we've been interviewing. Um, so when I like grew up and started... like thinking about sexuality and gender and relationships, I very much like immediately applied all of my nerd power to sexuality. Um, And with not too much shame, I was really like, this is so freaking cool. Like this is such a big part of like how so much of our society, society operates and functions and we interact with each other. Like, why aren't we talking about it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I founded my high school's Gender Sexuality Alliance um, as a proud straight ally before I knew I was queer. Um, <laughs> so I, like, plastered, like, posters around the high school. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been kind of unabashed for a lot of my life around this stuff. Do you, do you owe that to, like, your parents as well? How was the conversation around that uh, when you were little? Yeah. Um, well, I remember my mom giving me a book, which I feel like is a classic <laughs> mom move. Be like, you, things are happening around the corner. You have a boyfriend. Let me just, I don't want to talk about it. Here's a book. Um, so I don't know if she was super like encouraging of that dis- discussion. Um, also something I don't talk about too much is that my dad is a, is a minister. <laughs> For a very, like, open church, like, a very open church, the the church that my family kind of goes to now, there are multiple pride flags, like, in the worship area, like, big ones on the wall, so when I say minister, like, that's the kind of ministry. Yeah, like, cool minister. (laughs) I'm not a a regular minister, I'm I'm a cool cool minister. minister. (laughs) Exactly, that's exactly the energy. He has, like, a big, like, tattoo on his arm, like, that's the vibe. Um. But yeah, they've definitely, they've definitely like become more comfortable with the work that I've been doing like over time. And I think, I don't know, I'm an astrology nerd and my rising sign is an Aquarius. (laughs) And I feel like a part of that is to just be kind of like, I want to be a rebel. Like this thing that makes you uncomfortable, I'm just going to continue to do it. Um, So I don't know. There's a, there's a bit in me that I'm just like, why? Why, why, be sh- why should we be ashamed? And also, it's it's a little bit more fun to make people a little bit uncomfortable and confronting these things that maybe they don't want to think about. I completely agree. I remember, actually, my mom also gave me 
the books. I think it was like where do babies come from and what's happening to my body or something like that. And I remember I was so freaked out as a child. I just like put them under my bed and now I'm, uh, on a podcast almost weekly talking about why my, I think my vulva is an outie. Like, <laughs> it's true. I still have the book that my mom gave me. I didn't read it. I was like, oh, my mom gave me this book. It's clearly going to be lame. And I kind of want to read it and see, see what information I could have gleaned. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so you mentioned there, about before you realized or before you kind of came into your own, you were part of a community at your school, which mm-hmm. I find is funny how I feel like oftentimes people around you know before you do sometimes. <laughs> You're kind of like outing yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So you actually founded an award-winning GSA, which was the Gender Sexuality Alliance at your high school, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Snaps to that. And you taught many lessons to fellow students in a small corner classroom. <laughs> How did that begin and what made you decide to do that? And then also like kind of what did that look like? Yeah, so I I went to summer camp the year before and I was talking to a friend of mine who went to kind of a more arts high school in the city and she was saying like, oh, our high school has a gender sexuality alliance. And I literally went like, well, so should mine then. <laughs> um, and that's, it truly, I'm... Kudos to baby Eva for having so little, like, shame and worry about that. I just was like, okay, (laughs) and so we're going to do it. Um, What did it look like? I honest, um, yeah, there was an awesome group of people there. There was some storytelling, some tears that happened. And I also gave, like, kind of mini lessons, a lot of which was inspired by, like, sex ed from the YouTube that I was watching, which is a a lovely full circle moment (laughs) for me making now sex ed on the internet. Um, yeah. When you, when you did do that, did you have Mm -hmm. a pretty good, like how was it received at your school? Did you have people that were like, Oh cool. Or were they like, why are you doing this? Like, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was definitely like a little bit of a, a a small, small bumps in the road in terms of finding like a faculty advisor. Mm. There are some advice, some like teachers who were supportive, but also didn't want to necessarily get involved, like really put their name down in the sand that they're associated with the GSA. Um, how was it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How was it received? Um, I'm trying to, like, describe what the culture of my high school was. Like, I really don't think people gave a crap, like, either way. I'm sure some people, like, would casually, like, because in, like, the early 2000s, you'd be calling, like, everything gay. Like, oh, to say yeah. it was bad. So I'm sure there was, like, some of that. But I, to my knowledge, there wasn't any, like, outright, like, aggressive, like, bullying or, like, anti-gay sentiment. Um, and everybody was just kind of like doing their own thing. So they were like, okay, <laughs> if y'all want to have a club and you have it's such incredible gusto and conviction, <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said that you were teaching, um, sort of mini six ed lessons in your experience mm-hmm. and or opinion what are some key points that you think are missing from current high school sex education classes? I mean, I think everything's missing. 
That's a good answer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like my sex ed, all I remember was like us labeling a diagram of a, of a penis. Important. Which I think. <laughs> God's work. Yeah. <laughs> Doing That's all you need work. to know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like consent communication uh let's talk about like when I ask people a lot about like what do they wish they'd learn about in sex ed people talk about like the relational or emotional aspects around sex and sexuality um also like talking about gender and like how sexism is imbued in the way that society thinks about sex and navigates sex um oh talking about STIs in, like, a non-shamey and, like, actually helpful way and, like, STI testing. So many things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really know what the, the, the system the system is like here, um, but I remember also in New Zealand it was very lackluster. We put a, a condom on a banana and mm-hmm. um, we saw diagrams of STIs and it kind of definitely – made that environment where it was very like a yuck factor instead of like a prevention and help and conversation factor, which I think is super important. Um, and mm-hmm. then just like nothing to do with any type of gender or transgender or non-binary or even, I don't even think they really talked about, um, gay sex, like either lesbian or, um, men. Uh, so yeah, it was very, very lackluster. Yeah, I definitely didn't even get, like, the condom on a banana thing. I went to a Mennonite <laughs> high school, Lord help me, and, <laughs> and I, like, didn't even, like, I don't think we ever saw a condom. Um, I still, like, am awkward about putting a condom on, so, like, I'll have the guy do it, because I'm like, they never taught me this part. <laughs> um, I wish, one of the things I wish they had talked about was, like, the female anatomy and how different it is for each woman. Thankfully, with stripping, I see vulvas all day, every day. So I know that literally no vulvas look the same. So there's really mm-hmm. no shame in having an innie or an outie or whatever, one side longer than the other and all that good stuff. But when you're young and you're only seeing, like, very limited access to what vulvas look like or what, you know, in quotes, porn stars vulvas look like, which never actually looks like that, Um yeah, you have a very limited view of what you're supposed to, in quotes, look like. So I wish they had talked more about that. And especially even talked, like, the, the in quotes, boys in the room as well. Because I think they also have this view of what Evolve is supposed to look like. And then that gets pushed on to the women's opinion of what Evolve is supposed to look like. So I think that was, like, a big thing I wish they talked about more. And I think wish they had talked more about female pleasure and how, like, the before and afters of sex, too. Because I feel like when you grow up, Sex is like you get the guy hard, he comes, and you say goodbye. Like you I mean like it was very much like male centric or male focused. So mm-hmm. I wish there had been a lot more talk about that. Um, that sex is also something that women are allowed to enjoy, or female presenting people are allowed to enjoy and should enjoy. Um, yeah, I think that was definitely missing. Our, our, I think our sex ed was literally like a one a one thirty minute thing one time in grade like ten. Where it was like, don't have sex, you'll get pregnant and die. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're married, then it's fine. Yeah. Well, there was this thing in my school. <laughs> and I remember my mom, who is not 
religious. Um, she was with all like the religious moms, and they were like, "Oh, like our kids are angels." Blah blah blah. And then she was like, "They they went to something like the poop hole loophole." But they didn't call it like that. And my mom was like, "Sorry, what?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, like our kids just have anal sex because then they're saving themselves for they're saving they're saving their virginity for marriage." And my mom was like what the <laughs> she's like what school am I putting my child in and that's literally how they think like it's I mean that school is very much like praise be to men so it's like oh as long as a male still gets off he can fuck your asshole and you know your mouth and you're still a virgin for your husband yeah so fucked up <laughs> oh my god I didn't know the parents were behind the poop hole loophole yeah endorsing yeah. it yeah I know. Think of the book. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, my mom was like, maybe you hang out with the goth kids instead. No. <laughs> I was like, by all means. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I'm running this course and I've been doing a lot of prep around like talking about anatomy. And the more I've like read, the more like, <sighs> there's so much, okay, that like, these, this, like, fake binary of, like, penises and, like, vulvas being, like, incredibly different is, like, so bogus. Like, erections happen, wetness happens, like, they're, they're literally, like, homologous structures that form from the same, like, tissue in the embryo. So, like, all this stuff about the vulva being so mysterious and complicated and different when it's, like, no, actually, like, the clitoris is, a homolog- is like, a homolog to the penis and all this stuff. And then to your point that, like, there's so much diversity, like, in shapes and sizes, like, and functionality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, my God. If I hear one more time at the strip club a guy being like, can you squirt? <laughs> I'd be like, um, not everyone, from my understanding, not everyone can. And it's not mm-hmm. something that you can just be like, squirt for me, bitch. And then it's like, like <laughs> so that's like that's one of my like bane of my existence is people like saying things like that yeah uh, if a girl Damn. can do it on demand I'm sorry dude she is just peeing on you 100% or she has an ice cube up there like come on now we all know the tricks or or my favorite is when the guy is like my girlfriend came every time I fucked her I'm like your girlfriend fake came every yeah. time you fucked her cause your sadly easily bruised male ego cannot handle it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh constructive criticism needs to be had and she did a Mm -hmm. disservice to any woman that follows you 100 (laughs) percent oh yeah no and the the whole thing about like the like you're saying like all the centering around the penis pleasure too that like you're, you're supposed to have an orgasm during penetration that that's the ideal way to have an orgasm when it's like Hold up. I think for most people who have vulvas, uh, the clitoral orgasms are incredibly more common. That was a huge one that I had to unpack. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, and just even talk about masturbating, too, when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Like, no one talks about mm-hmm. it when you're a child. It's like, well, most people start masturbating whether they even know that they're masturbating. Yeah, at least from, like, the readings or the research, research I've done. Uh, it seems like a lot of children start kind of, in quotes, masturbating quite or self-stimulating quite early on without mm-hmm. that sexual connotation to it. And they just know it feels good. So I think that's another thing that I wish we had talked about at younger ages was that self-stimulating or that masturbatory practices and that they're not like something to be really shameful of. Because I remember when I was younger, I would have like sexual thoughts and I'd like run to my mom and be like, I had this thought. And then 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but my <laughs> douses you on holy water. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she like sticks my head in the holy fountain and she's like, <laughs> um, thankfully not having religious parents, that did not happen. But she would be like, okay, every time you have a bad thought like that, so like, bless her, like, you know, I'm doing your best as a mother, but like, bad thought, probably wouldn't have used that wording. But anyways, she was like, take it out of your mind. So you'd like pretend take it out of your mind. And she's like, and go to the toilet and flush the bad thought. out loud to anyone actually that people don't think but yeah that's what I used to do when I was younger because my mom was like you know you need to get rid of those bad thoughts so like anytime I had like a sexual thought I'd like have to go like flush <laughs> flush my bad thoughts <laughs> I could just like imagine you at home and all you hear is like flush every every 30 flush. minutes <laughs> flush 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 <laughs> there's like a sewer backup because I'm yeah. just like constantly flushing bad thoughts uh horny little child yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that was kind of like how it was handled in my house which I wish there had you know and I try not to like you know blame our parents because at the end of the day when you once you get to their age that they were when they had you you're like holy shit you were a child <laughs> like because you know when you look at your parents you think they're so old and all-knowing and then you get to that age and you're like fuck I know fuck all about fuck all so <laughs> how did you raise me um not well. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just kidding. They did a great Look job. at us now. Strip us. <laughs> Where did we go wrong? Um, yeah, no, that was definitely something I wish uh, that has been spoken about more in school or in my home about masturbating and, you know, that's not shameful and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But you also have a sex ed YouTube channel called What's My Body Doing? Which I honestly, I love that. Uh, I love that title because... Throughout the days, I think most of us think about it. Like, what is it doing now? Like, what is that random pain? What is this happening? Like, So it's called What's My Body Doing? And it started in 2016, and it's garnered over 2 million views, which is awesome. Good for you. Did you expect it to get so many views? And what do you contribute that popularity to? Yeah. So, oh, man. In terms of, like, did I – So the reason it has that many views is that there are a couple videos that have done very well that have been pushed by the YouTube algorithm to mostly old men. Oh, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the wrong side of YouTube. (laughs) Exactly. And these videos are about, like, how do you masturbate? Like, I have a video about how do you masturbate if you have a vulva? (laughs) Uh, of course. Oh, literally rolled their eyes. Uh, of course, the men are yeah. like, oh, maybe they just trying to learn something. <laughs> uh, for the retirement yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the other one. There are a couple big ones. How to masturbate if you have a vulva. Maybe the other one that's big is like how to orgasm from penetration. Mm. Send me that link. <laughs> yeah, you can pass it over to us. <laughs> you can send it to and every then, man I know. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I also oh the other one is how to touch a clit, which is another one of that's a big one. These old men tag it and send it along. Of course, these old men were all over it because they're the same old men in the club being like, "I eat pussy like a champ," and their teeth are like falling out, and you're like, "Sir, uh, your teeth just fell out." <laughs> <laughs> The things I would do to you. (laughs) They take their dentures out. (laughs) 
Those are, those are all the comments in those videos. I also had to put on also had to put on a condom, which I think might just hopefully be genuinely curious teenagers looking for the information. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah. So that's kind of. But then there are also like actually cool people who watch. Have watched the videos. Yeah, you can't you can't shit on all your all your followers. Yeah. <laughs> There's it's a couple not cool ones. All old gross men. <laughs> it's um, niche for everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been fun. It's like they don't, I don't get too many comments on like the YouTube specifically because um, because it's like a fulfilling self fulfilling prophecy. There aren't very many comments. So I feel like people can't be as anonymous to be like, thank you, this helped. Also, to like publicly state, like, I didn't know how to touch a clit, and now I do after your video. (laughs) (laughs) Might be a little bit embarrassing. Um, I feel like I get more, like, feedback in my DMs on Instagram of people being like, thank you for helping and stuff. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Something a little less public. So you've been pretty busy. You also co-hosted the sex ed web series for kids called Everybody Curious, which another again, another again, another again, another <laughs> we're, awesome. so, we're so good at this. We're <laughs> really good at this. <laughs> it's a really good title, as I was going to say. Um, and we also know that talking to kids about sexuality and you know how and their bodies and when to talk about that that with them is uh, kind of contentious. Actually, people people are pretty divided on that. At what age do you think it is appropriate to talk to children about this, and how would you advise parents slash caregivers to go about it? Yeah, so I think there's I think you can start talking to kids about like sexuality and bodies and gender and all this stuff from a pretty young age. It kind of just like depends on at each developmental level like what is this what is the small like age appropriate thing to give them like if you're talking about like very young aged like kids you can talk about consent but like not in a sexual context just like letting them know that like you're allowed to kind of have control of your body in terms of if you want hugs from your relatives like um so there there's like non-sexual things about that you can yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's one example of like non-sexual consent that you could teach pretty young. Also around like sexuality and gender, kids know a lot more and also are like way more open-minded than I think like older people are worried about. Um, like, especially now, like you can just say that like families look different. So some families have like a mom and a dad. Some families have two moms. Some families have two dads. Some families have like parents who are non-binary and multiple parents. Um, yeah. So I'm, I would say that I'm less of an expert at like, what do you tell kids at each stage? But for the show, we talk to kids who are kind of like in the puberty age range. So like 11 to 13, um, and just, like, talking to them about, like, what are the different parts of, like, anatomy? <laughs> and, like, we did a whole, like, play exploration of, like, barriers and condoms. And just, like, knowing that, like, this is something that can protect your sexual health. Um, yeah, they were really just, like, way more open and chill than, yeah, I think people are, are worried about. And I would recommend that folks check out my co-host, Nadine Thornhill, who has an ebook and whose whole thing is, like, actually talking to to parents about the intricacies and nuances of this stuff Mm -hmm. can we grab that name one more time for me so people can look it up 
Nadine Thornhill, also sex positive families on Instagram is really fantastic. Awesome. We'll definitely make sure to tag those so people can creep on those as well. Um, what Yay. about what do you have to say about when people argue if you talk about kids too early on about sex, it'll encourage them to have sex early? Do you think there's any kind of logistic to that or or logic so, to that? Yeah, to my understanding, the research is actually the reverse has been found to be true. <laughs> if you give kids comprehensive sex ed, they actually like delay the first time they have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that my friend and co-host Nadine says about like, oh my gosh, like if you talk to your like preteen about sex, they're going to want to have it. She's like, why, why would their, their mom talking to them about sex? That isn't, there's no cool factor. There's no excitement around that. <laughs> like it does not do the, the stuff that you think it will do. <laughs> I've heard kind of the same theory when it comes to uh, letting your kids try um, alcohol and uh, weed or anything like that, really, is if if you're kind of like a mom and you're allowing your kid to do it, it sort of takes away that um, rebellious factor that I think a lot of teenage uh, kids crave of like, oh, I'm going to, like, my mom doesn't know that I drink, so I'm going to go get blackout in a park as opposed to like, you know... (laughs) your mom allowing you to have like a glass of wine with dinner and then you're like oh yeah no like I drink alcohol and it's actually no big deal and I don't like how I feel when I wake up (laughs) um in your experience what is the most common questions kids want to know or that they ask oh I have I want to see if I do I still have the big list of Oh, it's somewhere. I kept. We did some question and answer on the set of Everybody Curious, and the kids asked a bunch of questions. They, I'm trying to remember the ones that they asked. The ones that I remember because of who I am, I'm pretty sure somebody did ask, like, how many genders are there? And, like, a kid asked, like, about, like, gay crushes and stuff, and I was like, oh. My baby. Um, (laughs) I can't, I don't know specifically what are the most like commonly asked questions from kids. Kids will ask, they'll ask the stuff. (laughs) They have a sense of what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, I think like what you said earlier, kids are quite understanding. Like we see, like there's so much more like understanding and like, chill than I think like parents think they need to like constantly protect their kids from everything and like kids can't handle it and the kids are like yo you're the ones with problems like are we good (laughs) yeah and I think there I found I saw this one like stat I think from the UK that in terms of kids who are in like middle school now that like 80% of them are accepting of trans students and like a third of them already have like a trans friend (laughs) like (laughs) The generation, I'm, like, 25, like, the generation below us, like, of teens and, like, young kids are just, they're doing it. They're, they're way, they've gone leaps and bounds bounds of being, like, understanding and accepting. And also being gay and trans themselves. (laughs) Definitely. I feel like kids are so malleable at that age, too, like, you kind of think to why our parents had those sorts of like have those sorts of preconceived notions about what a family needs to look like. And it's because when they were little, they were told, you know, a family is a mom and a dad and kids and that's how it is. And now you have kids coming and being like, 
well, you know, there's a family and sometimes it looks like this and sometimes it looks like that. And that's just how it is. It's like, that's where we get our sort of beliefs from. So I, mm. I'm around the same age as you, I'm 26. And so I, I was also right on that cusp of like bisexuality when I was in high school was still like for the male gaze or just because you weren't ready to come out as gay yet. And then I think like after I left high school, um, I knew so many people that like came out and it was like right on that cusp. Yeah. I'm a little bit older than you guys. And I remember in coming from a religious community and a religious high school, uh, there was no one out in my high school. And now like of my graduating class, I think there's maybe like in a very small class. So like about five people that have come out after they removed themselves from that very toxic community, which is great mm-hmm. to see. And then I went to my hometown like not too long ago and there was like very um, open about sexuality. Um, this group of friend, like kid, kids, teenagers that I was sitting beside in a coffee shop and they were talking about like one of them went on a date with like a same sex person and they were talking about them and I was like, oh, I love this for us. This was so not the community I, my bisexual soon to be stripper ass was a part of. Mm-hmm. And like I would have loved life <laughs> if this had been mm-hmm. here when I was here. But no, it is, it's cool to see like the development and the progression um, especially of the younger generations um, that filters somewhat into older generations, but they're definitely more stubborn <laughs> to change their views on things. Yeah. So we saw on your Instagram that you have been doing some research on coming out during the pandemic. What do you think are some key differences between coming out pre COVID and coming out during a pandemic? Is there an influx and why would that maybe be? Yeah. So I personally haven't been doing Research. I have been doing my own <laughs> hypotheses making just of myself and based on what I've seen. The only data that I know is that, like, from a sample from, like, Canadian queer people in the pandemic, that, like, one in ten people, like, their level of outness was changed over the pandemic. So for a lot of people, that might have been, like, living back at home with homophobic parents so you have to be less out or like the, the thing that I've kind of been exploring and seeing in like friends and people on the internet is people who kind of had more time to reflect on their gender and like sexuality in the pandemic that like they've haven't had to spend as much time kind of like in the heterosexual matrix like pretending to be straight or like going through the motions um And also just, like, seeing people online be queer. Like, I know TikTok has been huge in terms of (laughs) just aggressive head nodding. (laughs) In terms of just, like, promoting, like, queer and, like, I feel like homonormative content. Just making it feel, like, so, like, normal. Um, That, like, I've had, I anecdotally know lots of people who have come out. And I know that myself, like, my understanding of my own sexuality and gender has shifted over the pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, my For You page is just, it's just gay, and uh, I love it. I was never on TikTok before, but you are so on TikTok, and obviously we are but one, so I started going on TikTok, <laughs> and oh my gosh, I have been such a creeper, and I have, like, Instagram stalked so many <laughs> lesbian TikTokers, I'm like, please love me. <laughs> like, they're so beautiful (laughs) I have such major major crushes on so many of them yeah and then you realize that Mm -hmm. like 
you're like, oh, wow, maybe maybe it's just like a really big um, like LGBTQ community on TikTok. Maybe that's just like what TikTok is. And then you talk to like all of your straight friends and they're like, yeah, no, I don't have that's not trending. I don't know that that sound. And, and you're like, oh, no, I'm I'm queer, queer. <laughs> just it's true. The joke that like the TikTok algorithm can can guess within <laughs> however many minutes that you're queer right off the bat before maybe before you do. Yeah, we yelled ourselves real quick. <laughs> yeah, and you have a master's master's of science with an interdisciplinary. Mm. Mm. You that was a valid. I know. Thank you. Interdisciplinary social science program and your thesis focused on the intersection of technology and sexuality in young Canadian women's lives. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I had the absolute pleasure of doing my master's thesis on sexting. Love that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I basically found that like, um, found so many things that, Oh, trying to, that people okay, so most people of this most people in the study were sexting on a yearly to monthly basis. All these heterosexual women are mostly doing a Christmas and birthday sex. For the listeners who uh, can't see us, we have um, very sad faces for the heterosexual woman. <laughs> <laughs> the poignant silence. Yeah, like, yeah. that is, that is <laughs> not my life. That is not how I am living. <laughs> it was literally an audible cricket, cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So probably unsurprisingly, like queer women are sexting more. People who are like single or casually dating were sexting more. Um, and one of the like big drivers in like me doing the research um, was looking at like. Are people who sexting who sext more? Are they also talking more about like their desires and like their sexual health boundaries? With the idea that like is technology a tool that we can use to like get people more comfortable talking about sex so that they can have kind of those important conversations? Um, and I found that like yes, <laughs> people who were like sexting at least on like a regular basis were also the ones who were talking also talked more kind of about their desires and. Like sexual health um, and SDI testing. I've had two friends who have found out that they have chlamydia over Snapchat. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a gen- this is the this is the gender gap. This is the age gap between us. But like, <laughs> but like <laughs> what? They'll be texting, and then it's like you know, if you obviously you have to, you should, and you have to tell your partners if you like yeah. have something or found out that you have something. Um, but yeah, I think it's like that because the messages disappear or because you can't like screenshot it without them knowing, it's like that little space of uh protection. Yeah, of Whoa. like I'm gonna tell you so that you know, but then I never wanna see this message again. Uh sneaky sneaky. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is I I love that for them that they told them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it just goes to show, like, there's still such an, like, 
stigma around anything. It was like, it was chlamydia. Like you take a pill, it's gone. Um, yeah. but just that like shame that you like, don't even want to have a conversation that you can like reflect back on or that is mm-hmm. to a person's face or anything like that. Like you need to be sort of protected mm-hmm. from that conversation is a real shame. And I hope it changes soon. Yeah. yeah. I think there's been change over the years with the way people talk about STIs and even the, even the switch of the name from to STI over STDs. Mm-hmm. It used to be sexually transmitted diseases. Now it's sexually transmitted infections. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like a conscious change to hopefully try to rid a little bit of the stigma around it. Um, I think people are starting to learn more about how to properly protect themselves with things. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think people are feeling more comfortable with pushing condom use, which is nice to see. Um, because I think mm-hmm. there used to be a narrative about if you like push the condom use and you like weren't, mm. you weren't fun or you weren't, it wouldn't feel as good for the guy or like, you know, all that bullshit. So I think, mm-hmm. um, people are starting to be more comfortable with pushing that, that right to have condoms being used and, and not getting kind of persuaded by typically the man. <laughs> oh, yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> we keep seeing the progress. Mm-hmm. So you have a potential documentary coming out based on your thesis. When can we expect to see this? It sounds freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's been a year in the making in the pandemic zoom calls back and forth. Um, so currently we have like a little promo video. So we're going to be trying to like fund the full documentary soon. So it might be a while, but Hopefully, maybe people will see the little, like, promo video reel to get a taste of what it'll look like soonish. Do you have a name for it? Because you've had such good names for everything else. You're two for two right now. Yeah, don't <laughs> let us down here. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I can – if I can – I can tell y'all, but maybe we'll have to cut it and, and tease the- Okay, private information. (laughs) Um, Definitely send us the promo video. Um, We'll post it on 50 Plus a Tip for sure because this is right up the alley of our listeners Mm -hmm. and followers and they will love it. So make sure when you're giving us all your money on OnlyFans, you throw Eva and her her team over there some money as well for the project because we want to watch it. So help her fund it and the last question here before we get into the listener questions and this is quite a general one I tend to do that Mm -hmm. and it's probably too large of a question for you to answer in a short concise way (laughs) but can you give us a general idea of some of the main points or takeaways that you've learned in your years of exploring and educating people in sexuality So I, really what I want you to do is all the years you've worked so hard for, I want you to break it all down for me, save me the time and money. <laughs> just joking. Get four or five years of education and just put it in like two or three sentences. Yeah, please and thank you. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Well, I mean, I feel like I've done, I feel like I've done, a, we've hit on a couple big ones here that like... The clitoris and the penis are homologous structures, so don't let anybody convince you that your anatomy is complicated or too difficult to pleasure. <laughs> um, that clitoral orgasms are are very common. Um, that 
Yeah, bodies look all sorts of shapes and sizes. What are some big ones? That people are sad and horny around Christmas time. (laughs) (laughs) And birthdays. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know if I have data for that, but I do know that I got a lot of sponsorships around Christmas time around for sex toys. So maybe they are. Maybe companies have some data that I do not. (laughs) Let's find it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of other like very important. Oh, um, one of my other favorite fun facts is that queer women have more orgasms. Are we surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Are we surprised? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we are not. We are not surprised. There's no surprise here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. There's a one of my favorite papers uses the term phallocentric imperative, which just really, really gets my sex nerd boner going, which is really <laughs> just what you said about how sex the society's idea of sex is all about penis. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it doesn't have to be it can be it is more fun. There is yeah, there's lots of research. I don't know, like post like having like pregnancy and having babies, like couples like do better in terms of their sexual satisfaction if they have like a broader definition of sex mm. um yeah those are so- <laughs> i can't i wish i could keep going and give you everything <laughs> <laughs> give us all uh, no that's perfect <laughs> we're gonna move on to listener questions and we had a lot come mm-hmm. in but a lot of them we already kind of covered so i'm just going to take away three that i think are going to be really relatable to the other listeners so the first one is, my boyfriend makes anti-LGBTQ comments offhandedly, in quotes, that's so gay, which is something you touched on, was really common, you know, in the early, late 90s and that. Um, so yeah, he makes comments like, in quotes, that's so gay, but I find it really uncomfortable and inappropriate. How do I talk to him about this? Ooh, that's a very good question. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm composing, I'm composing my thoughts. I'm trying to get back get beyond the, the blind rage. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm okay. So like probably sit them down, like in terms of all kind of uh, like tough conversations, like sit folks down in person if you can, when everybody's well fed and feeling happy and connected. Um, and just be like, Hey, like, so I've noticed that sometimes you make comments like that's so gay or comments that might be like harmful to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I am a big ally towards the community and um, I really value making sure that everybody is kind of safe and has is deserving of well-being. Um, so those comments hurt me too. Can we have a dialogue about that? And then if he digs in his heels and doubles down, then dump him. <laughs> Yeah. Throw the whole man out. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I completely agree. My, I had uh, a partner who came from a very, like, hetero community of, like, big, mm-hmm. tough guys. And him and his yeah. friends would always say comments like that. And they call each other the F word and, like, things mm-hmm. like that. And Whoa. I said to him one time, like, quite early on, I was like, hey, you know what, like, Especially as, like, someone who identifies as bisexual, like, and yeah. has a lot of, like, friends in the LGBTQ community, like, I don't know if you are intentionally saying it this way, but <laughs> you're, like, alluding to whatever you're calling gay as in bad, so you're saying that 
being gay is bad. Like, if you really, like, break it down to, like, simplicity. And, like, that's what mm-hmm. I'm hearing when you say that. So I'd really appreciate it if you didn't say it around me anymore, especially. And if you tried to just not say it at all. And I remember we were at, like, a dinner party once. And <laughs> one of his friends was like, yo, bro, that's so gay. And I'm sorry, one more time. Yo, bro, that's so gay. That's my, that's my douchey man voice. And then. Uh, Chad, is that you? <laughs> oh, my God, Chad got here. Who let him in? And, um, and he, like, looked at me. And he, like, looked at me for a second. And then he was like, hey, like, I don't think, like, we should say that anymore. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to suck your dick. So good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All the facials. <laughs> the bar is on the ground for men. I know. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. But then I was so proud of him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is a low bar. But, you know, that's, like, you know. Going to take the wins really, away. You know? really don't take the Ws. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree with how you answered that, being like, hey, you know what? Like, and even, like, I think sometimes things are so ingrained that people don't ever really stop to think, like, why am I saying this saying? And what does it really mean? What am I really saying? And what are people really hearing? And who could I really be offending by saying this, right? Um, so, hope, yeah, hopefully this girl's boyfriend, first off, cares enough about how she feels about it and also is open enough to not want to hurt those around him that might overhear him saying something like that. Um and like you said, if he doesn't, if he's like, fuck this, I'd be like, okay, there's the fucking door. <laughs> like, hopefully. I yeah. like to really break down comments like that. And then also like um, um, sexism comments as well, being like, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, what do you mean it's it's gay? Like, oh, you know, like it's, you're like, sorry, I like, let yeah. them do the work. To yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, sorry. Is is that like a stereotype that you know of, or like what do you what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I do that to a lot of things. Like when guys say anything stupid, like especially like for example, like even just like my boobs, or like they'll say like, oh my god, like you know if like if you get off the boat, you'll float or something. I'd be like, why would I float? And then like because <laughs> your big boobs. I'm like, what about my big boobs? And then just like really like make them explain that they think these are inflated with something that floats. I'm like, well, actually, silicone wouldn't float. <laughs> and it's like really it just like makes them so uncomfortable it's yeah. like because sir you made a stupid fucking comment and now you're gonna have a stupid conversation with me about it yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah. sexist jokes as well I'm like uh sorry uh why why is that funny like what what was the joke can you explain it to me real quick yeah. you know honestly yeah, girls are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as soon as I had to realize how they had to explain something all of a sudden they're like are uncomfortable that they said it it's like good now remember this feeling and go forth so the next listener question here I'm bisexual but with a straight male partner when I came out to him he was super in quotes grossed out and I feel like he is now acting weird every time I hang out with a female friend as if I'm cheating on him. How do I, in quotes, fix this? <laughs> cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> I know, okay. Um, just sending so much fucking love to this person, that is so hard to, like, come out to someone and have, like, a negative or dismissive or gross out reaction like that. So what I say is you deserve to have a partner who sees you and uplifts you and celebrates your sexuality. That exists um and you deserve that so if this person is not giving you that again we can we can snip snip there are going to be other people because this is a, a part of you and you want the person that you're with to to see and love all parts of you 
Damn, us bisexual girls like really can't win. Either it's oh you're the perfect that's my chat voice. Oh you're the perfect girl for a threesome, or it's like ew. Ow. Ow. Um I found that a lot when I came up to people or like partners that I felt that a lot too, where they were like all of a sudden they were like hyper aware of everyone I hung out with. Like even if they were a straight female, it's like too worried about like I'm not she doesn't like women. And even if she did like women, yeah. like even if she was also bisexual or a lesbian or whatever she identified as, like it doesn't mean I'm going to cheat on you. It's not like bisexual. It's just because we're bisexual people. We have no, like, control. And we just want to hump everything. Like, I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, but that's not because you're bisexual. No, that, that depends on where I am on my cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, again, throw the whole man out. <laughs> yeah. And last He's just one. mad because you eat pussy better. Like, 100%. Be and, and you probably get a lot, like... Hot ass girls yeah. are never looking in this direction, and you eat pussy better, and you get better orgasms with the girls, and like you know all those things. Not that this makes you bisexual, but I'm just theorizing that you've also probably slept with more girls than him. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, it's true. He's just jealous of your of the sheer bisexual power of it all. Yeah, a thousand percent. And the last one here: How do you initiate conversations about sex with their partner that aren't sexed? So I'm assuming this is like, how would you have like a texting conversation without it turning like sexting oh um one of the things that i used to do <laughs> i was on dating apps back in, um i used to ask people like what is your most like underrated and like overrated and correctly rated sex act like what do you think like gets the hype and you think deserves the hype what you think is overhyped yeah I feel like that is like kind of like a flirty way to get someone like talking about what things they like without it like immediately divulging into sex I think that's a really good that's actually a really good question I actually really like that I might steal that from you (laughs) it's consider it stolen um, <laughs> why was it so sinister? And before, on that note, <laughs> you're like reading the next question, and so you're like have no tone in your voice. You're like consider it stolen. <laughs> like, consider it fucking stolen, bitch. What? <laughs> pew 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 finger guns. <laughs> She's like, why did I come on the show? <laughs> oh, I'm having a blast. <laughs> okay, before we let you run away, we have three questions that we ask all of our guests. The first one is, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done but you would like to try? Ooh. So fun. I'm just trying to pick which one do I want to share. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> over the pandemic, I worked for a sex toy company, and so I acquired a lot of sex toys my collection growed exponentially <laughs> um and also I've been mostly single and not having a lot of sex but some so something on my sexual bucket list is really being like hello welcome to the the collection pick as you please fuck me with everything thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming <laughs> please and thank you <laughs> stay hydrated you <laughs> <laughs> I just picture you with like um, uh, closet and it opens and it's like all these toys like jump on them. 
<laughs> They're like in a little pot, pile of toys. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I was like having really casual sex before my partner, I had this guy who would like drive out from Langley. And I had, I did that thing where I like, had all my sex toys on the bed. Um, and he was a huge Justin Bieber fan. So he like gets to my house. He's wearing this How Justin Bieber you? hoodie. And this was honest to God, like <laughs> sorry, a year what? and a half ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? No, I get it. <laughs> I, my, was, I, you my know what? eyes just like randomly watered because I was, I don't know why. They just like started watering. I felt so sad for this human. I, I know. <laughs> I know. And I, so I have all of my sex toys out on the bed and he's like, he likes <laughs> looking at them and he, then he like looks at his phone and he's like, cool, cool, but can we wait two minutes because the Justin Bieber album is about to come out and I want to listen to it. And I was like, <gasps> what am I like? You got vlog by Justin Bieber? <laughs> I did. Um, also, you should have put little Justin Bieber stickers on them. Oh my yeah. God. That's what you should have done. <laughs> Look, I think that we can all agree I was very unprepared for that situation. <laughs> that is fucking wild. I mean, have I not told you? I mean, he, yeah. was really, he was really hot, so I did let it slide and we did fuck to the Justin Bieber album. Did he look like Justin Bieber? No. Do he look like someone who would like Justin Bieber? No, not really. He looks like a gym bro. <laughs> lads, 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 lads. They made some interesting choices. Uh, Pre-pandemic. <laughs> oh my god, your man now really saved you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but I had no idea where that story was going to go from the beginning. Of yeah, it. I'm it's like, a lot of turns. Okay, he's, yeah. he's into Justin Bieber. I don't see how it's relevant, but oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, he chose Justin Bieber over you. Over me and oh, my beard full of sex toys. I bet if you have been like, Justin Bieber recommends this one, he'd be like, put it in me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to feel closer to him. <laughs> Uh, oh, that is a fun little tidbit, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Thank you for that. I uh, buried that one down in my memories, obviously. Well, yeah, I've never heard that one. <laughs> the uh, second allegedly rapid-fire question. Uh, one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? Uh, sorry. Um... Anal exploration without proper lube and preparation in advance. Yeah. No one – do yeah. not try that at home. Yeah. <laughs> do, do not try this at home, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also need to stop – that's another thing that should be in sex ed, the use of lube. Mm-hmm. Because lube is such, like, a thing that people are like, oh, you don't get wet enough. Okay, yeah. I don't have that problem. I actually have the opposite problem. I get too fucking wet, and it's such a fucking Ooh, problem. Goddamn slip and slide. I really am. <laughs> like, I went to a doctor for it and was like, hey, can I, like, fix this? And she's like, I've never heard of this problem. It's usually that people don't get wet enough. And I was like, <laughs> blink, blink, blink. I'm like, I get too wet, ma'am. I did not stutter. <laughs> Help me. Um, but, yeah, like, the use of lube. Like, people get so weird. Mm-hmm. When, like, I don't know. I remember my girlfriend telling me um, she's a sex worker and she's a full-service sex worker. And she said that majority of the times when she, like, brings out lube, clients will be like, I don't need that. Or, like, you won't need that. It's like, no, I don't need that. I was like, how do you just stare back at them and not give them a whole lecture on it? Like, I would never. I would stand there and be like, okay, here's your money back. Um, (laughs) I actually need the the suitors for this stuff now. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. So the last question here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Oh my gosh. Time's a ticket. <laughs> I know. Now that now that we've said lube, like I wanna be like 
use lube. Because <laughs> I, I know, like, too, like, people involved with, like, starting masturbating, if they don't, not using lube, they can be like, what's the, what's the big deal? Wouldn't lube make a huge difference? Um, maybe also masturbate. That might be my, my, my 30 second pitch. Masturbation is normal and wonderful. Do it, explore your body, use lube. And time to spare. <laughs> yeah, it's a great PSA. <laughs> Quick and dirty. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Eva, it's been so great talking to you. Love what you're doing. Love all the projects you put out there. It's great. I love the way you open up and let people explore sexuality with you and create safe spaces for people to do so. I think it's so fucking important, especially for the younger people coming into their sexuality and being able to explore it without judgment is is huge. I wish there had been more of that when we were younger. <laughs> but yeah, we love it. We are excited to see this documentary. We hope it comes out soon. Guys, I will post up all information for you guys so you can get in contact with Eva and her team and send her all of your monies to get the project out there so we can enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) And Eva, before we let you go, where can people find you? Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has truly been like such a blast and so many good giggles. Um, Folks can find me mostly on Instagram at what's my body doing. Uh, I also have a website, uh, www.evabloom.ca, where you can find information about my course. And I'm also on Patreon, where I have a sex research newsletter, sharing cool, queer, and pleasure-focused sex research. Um, and patreon.com slash what's my body doing. Awesome. Where can people find you, Riley? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at VanCityRiley or OnlyFans, uh, Riley Divine Uncensored. Ooh, uncensored. It was oh, the same oh. last week. or Yeah, I didn't really listen to you last week. Oh, wow. wow. I like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I have not I'm not subscribed. I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm, I'm, behind, I'm behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I see the real nitty-gritty. <laughs> As always, you guys can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Slide to the DMs with questions, comments. We, as always, we love getting them. Again, Eva, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Loveify is a Canadian brand that is focused on self-love and pleasure. They're all about empowering women and encouraging them to express their sexuality openly in a judgment-free environment. Click the link in 50 plus a tip Instagram and use code 50 plus a tip to get 10% off your order. That's five zero plus a tip to get 10% off. 